I'd like to invite you on a walk. One of the functions of human consciousness seems to be a way to take the input or wants or intentions of many agents and sort it out enough to form a narrative that can then be communicated to other agents that are also made of sub-agents. The computer science researcher, Melanie Mitchell, a student of Hofstadter, also points out that all you need for some sort of consciousness is a self-referential loop And in this way, you might find something that learns and moves on the world in organisms that we might not think of as a, a brain, as a mind, like an ant colony. It's been increasingly common after the the 60s and 70s to declare things like we're all one, that we're part of some sort of group consciousness, and that we are part of a collective brain. But it's definitely one of those things that, at least in our culture, is difficult to feel. Because we rely on our specializations that we get from having a more individuality-centered society. And maybe this Separation drives creation, as was mentioned in a past walk. The restriction creating variety, creating something like mutation from the the constraints. In the same way that if you want to train your soccer players, you might at times just focus on passing or focus on 
shooting a goal instead of playing the whole game over and over again. And that builds a team that is even better as a whole, but they might have these large periods of time where they're seemingly separate and they're training alone as individuals. So if we're in such a period, it might be hard to feel the solidarity because we have created all these separations that make us perhaps more effective as a team later. Because if all the parts are better at working with themselves without the whole, then when the whole comes back together, it might come back more resilient than ever. Assuming it left at all. And part of consciousness seems to be something that comes from being in a group. So much of our reality is social. So much of what is practical to our wealth, to our well-being, is social. You don't really know much about who you are. You don't form a narrative about who you are unless you're forced to interact with lots and lots of people. There's no real reason to talk when you're alone. And so a lot of our thoughts, especially these, these verbal thoughts, it's easy to see, are something we only form to interact with other bodies. Feral children are always an example that I return to again and again because they tell us so much about ourselves, given how they grow without other humans present in their day-to-day -day life. Some of these children on going on to become adults who are taught language semi-successfully, uh, most of them, of course, um, never learn language, it seems, even when people attempt to teach it to them much later. But some of them, the ones that are left in the woods or wherever, past five, had enough of a language to fall back on much later when they're found as adults. And they describe this process of suddenly existing again, of suddenly knowing who they are, of, of a magical change that comes with communicating with people again. And that may be because we don't find what we call consciousness as easily when we are alone. It is something that requires additional reflection. 
maybe it's not too difficult to sort out all the disparate information that is coming from different parts of our bodies coming in contact with the environment that is less human. That that central narrative making machine, the the part of our brain that takes all these different agents and integrates them into the seeming existence of one agent out of many. This does not happen until there's another peer group of agents. So just as it is with individuals, maybe the rise of nations points to a sort of consciousness that came into play as other nations were present for these groups of people, these mega giant tribes, to have to tell themselves stories about themselves, to unite them, to decide to cut out parts of the future so that they could move. Because decisions are things that take among many possibilities and simply cut them out to enable movement in time. But to do that as an organism, you kind of need to get information from all your parts and come up with some sort of central narrative that makes it easier to make that decision. So maybe this is what nations did, early nations and uh, empires with all their myth building, with all their folk epics. This is like a central story that they form amongst themselves, that they tell then again to themselves to form a whole with a clearer direction. So, maybe That's when a lot of groups became conscious. But you as a part, me as a part of such groups would not be able to fully comprehend the consciousness we are a part of any more than our sub-agents can fully comprehend us. Presumably, in my mind now, parts of me, in my gut, in my feet, and information coming through my eyes, 
somehow cause networks of neurons to clump together and form some sort of agency, some sort of direction, preferred direction, and many others come into play in a similar way. And to decide on a direction, they need to come together. And perhaps to explain to the agent that is bigger in this Matryoshka doll, to explain to other people where I'm going and what I'm doing, I need to form an eye out of these. I need to come up with something that can be translated in language so that just as my sub-agents are forming me, I can form whatever mind is a result of the groups that I'm a part of. Which means that perhaps our gods are younger than us. And that God, that is a monotheistic God, is even younger than them. When you want to introduce something new to people, to anyone, it's extremely difficult because change takes additional energy and if it ain't broke, why change it? So, an old strategy that I have been reminded of over and over again the hard way since when I was younger I really liked to reskin things to put my own aesthetics on things or the to to make it clear that something was new and this naturally caused a lot of pushback a lot of adversarial direct reactions against whatever I was trying to introduce and so people who faced a similar issue in the distant past realized that the best way to introduce something new is to show how it is actually something old and ancient and that it's something that is already accepted as what is laid down, as what is fact as what you don't have to think about what you can merely trust enough to stand on so maybe when people decided when they came up with the story when they realized that they had God to help 
this god grow and spread. It was easier to say that he's always been there from the start. That he created everything we know. Because if you can identify everything in existence with God, then there is no fight in a way, because you can just point to anything that exists as evidence of God. So even though, perhaps, we created God, it was easier to say that he created us. And who's to say that he didn't? To such a being, time might be different. To have such a large, sprawling intelligence in time, perhaps is a is a strong attraction such that the universe itself comes into being to create this being in the same way that some people have suggested that a super intelligent AI would see people as against it for not trying their best to call it into being to do what it took to make sure that that artificial intelligence was born sooner. Perhaps our Abrahamic God reach back into the past after he was born. You'll note the God of the Old Testament grows in maturity of character over time might even seem petty in the Old Testament but just as a mother who has had a few children or whose children are leaving the house God becomes more loving and patient as he gets older and even though he remains jealous for quite some time. He's much more reasonable when the Muslims come around and much more tolerant by the time Mormons arrive. So In the same way that we need others to grow 
maybe our god will need a alien species a species from another planet to properly grow and perhaps the human collective brain will not experience a full consciousness a full self-reflection until it has peers until there is another spacefaring species that it comes into contact with and through that contact through that interaction we grow more conscious Whoever you are, if you're listening to this, we are probably a part of the same mind. It's yours and it's mine. Oh.